You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Happy weekend. Um, and as I told you guys, and I mentioned last night and I mentioned last week, um, it's going to be really tough to – we normally record the pregame shows within the schedule on Thursday nights. It's just going to be with the way 2020 is, obviously everything COVID-related. Um, I want to get you guys the best and most accurate information from Pete and I on these pregame shows as possible. So with that, um, and now holding off, um, it's going to – obviously the, the course of this pregame show is going to be a lot different than it would have been if we recorded last night. So – I guess maybe, uh, you know, score one up for your boy, maybe making a smart decision right here as we just continue to, you know, evolve in any coverage we're doing or any type of content being delivered here in the NFL, in the 2020 NFL season. Today's edition of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. As I mentioned, and we are joined by Sports Illustrated's Mr. Pete Smith. Um, you know, a swing in the fortunes today, I guess probably good and bad for the Browns today uh, as we head into this contest. Um, and I guess we'll start on the defensive side of the ball here, and we'll go with the good that came from today. Um, you know, Pete, we had spent some time talking a little bit this week about, you know, how Sione Takitaki – and look, as we're not trying to, you know, put Sione, Sione Takitaki in, you know, the top class of the linebacker position in the NFL, there's more of maybe what might be the top class of the linebacker pecking order for the Cleveland Browns currently. Uh Pete, he's been a physical cuss since he got here. It's, you know, he was part of, you know, many a camp, you know, extra whistle, you know, getting after it, going a little too hard in camp in 2019. Obviously, camp 2020, a little more different. Last game he played against Philadelphia Eagles, probably his best game as a pro. Um, but getting him back this week, and, you know, when you look at Derrick Henry on the other line, other side of the, you know, line of scrimmage, and, you know, the, just the type of runner he is, it's going to take some stones to go chasing into and wanting to crash into a guy who's, you know, six foot two, 250, perhaps maybe. Um, but uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball here, you know, the Browns getting a couple of checkers back this week with Miles Garrett and with Sione Taki Taki. Well, you know, whether or not Sione Taki Taki is a great player, you know, he's not. But if you're saying where is he most likely to be successful? This is it. I mean, this is what he does. He's a guy who wants, who thrives on contact. You know, he, he's a guy who would, who would have been great in like the eighties where, you know, you have that old school. Mike inside, yeah. But playing an inside linebacker for like a Parcells and a Belichick scheme back in those days, or even just being a true Mike, 100%. Yeah. The less, you know, sort of covering he has to do, the less space he has to play and the better he's going to perform. So, I mean, from that standpoint, you're basically looking at this. You have this matchup. This is what it is. And it was the same thing with Jacksonville. You're saying they thrive with this rookie tailback, giving them the ball a ton of times. Last week, he, you know, James Robinson had 5.8 yards per carry. He was outstanding. And not having Taki Taki was was a blow. They just don't have – 
you know, BJ Goodson's fine. He's okay in that respect, but Bless he's like heart. the be- he's like the best of the rest. I mean, Sony Taki, Taki and BJ Goodson is a far better pairing. Uh, the only thing is, we don't know if you know Taki Taki is actually going to play or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably you know I think we can be cautiously optimistic, but you just don't know again with this whole COVID thing you just don't know and and you know you sort of take it for granted that once like for example Miles Garrett and Andy Janovich you're like oh they're back they're gonna play but the training staff was still like keeping an eye on these guys to see where see where they were as far as conditioning and stuff goes because a lot of these guys who who have lingering effects it's a lot with their stamina and their wind so I think it's probably good news that Nothing was said today on that front. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it's one, you get one day of practice. Tomorrow's a, a walkthrough. Uh, so I don't know how much we're really going to get or if that's going to impact Taki Taki's potential playing time. But it, it gives you a better shot. If you're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and you've got guys who are, are, want to take on uh, contact and, you know, when the fourth quarter's there, and they've got to get a stop. I, you know, I, I know this much. Taki Taki's not going to turn it down. Whether it's successful or not, we'll see. But he's not going to turn it down. Oh, by by no means, you know, no means whatsoever. And, um, and look, and we've talked about Malcolm Smith, and he's been fine doing what Malcolm Smith excels at. This is this is not a game for Malcolm Smith. Um, just like you know, last week wasn't. And you know, it's fine. It's who he is at this point in his career. And it's the way the Browns chose to address the linebacker in this unit, uh, the linebacker unit this season. But, you know, getting Sione Taki Taki back. Um, and this is obviously somebody who's probably going to be part of this linebacking core going further. We can't, I don't think we can say that about any other linebacker on this roster right now. And the only reason I'm not including Jacob Phillips is just due to lack of reps and you just haven't seen enough yet. But for the Browns defense, definitely uh, you know, a win here in this respect you know, getting, uh, you know, this player back for this week. Um, Pete, and maybe also, you know, you kind of get a little bit, a little bit of a gift here. Uh, it's not that, you know, Johnny Smith is lighting the world on fire at the tight end position, uh, but he scores a bunch of, t- he scored a bunch of touchdowns. He, he's a pretty good factor of their offense. Uh, so, you know, a little, you know, basically, you know, adi- you know, addition by subtraction where, you, you know, you get the news today that you're getting Sione Taki Taki back, which hopefully can help somewhat with the running game. And you're taking away one of Ryan Tannehill's weapons, who he's had a lot of success success with that's turned into a lot of points. And where John New Smith is a little bit different than some other tight ends is, you know, you get him the ball, he's got open space. He's kind of got the Jets to go, even Pete, if he's got one of, and I know you talk about this all the time, and I still think about it too when the name John New Smith is mentioned. We always yeah. think of the same 100%. thing. One hundred percent boiling water. I, I, I that's. What did you do to that girl, bro? What did you do to her? I, I, I don't know what he did, but he, what he missed like half a season, I think. It was it ended uh, his college career. Yeah, over boiling. I think I, he did. I think he did participate in the Senior Bowl. I think that he was there for that. But yeah, uh, something. Whether it was an infidelity situation or something to piss off the woman, and she dumped boiling hot water on his head. Like, like uh, she coldly calculated this. Like, I mean, because you know, you're gonna boil water. You're talking seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. So she was, she was there the entire time and knew every step of the way. 
But, but I mean, if you're just looking at this, you don't have Ronnie Harrison. You're, you're down at safety. You know, Johnny Smith's a guy you know who thrives at a position that the Browns don't tend to do well with in general. And, you know, and, and he's a guy who can thrive after the catch. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, just a bad combination of things for the Browns and it hurts the Titans. I mean, John Smith has been a way better player than I think a lot of people expected to be coming out of, uh, what was he? Florida. He was Florida Atlantic, Atlantic, Florida, one of them. Uh, anyway, he, uh, but he's been a really nice player for them. He, he compliments their offense. Uh, they've got, Ferkser's more of a blocker. He's a big, big dude. I think he's like six seven, uh, but he's more of a blocking tight end. Johnny Smith's the more of the receiving threat. I mean, he really did take the the uh, the job. He sort of inherited it from the dude they had for all those years uh, at, at tight end. So you have just the, the ability to hopefully have one less area of the field where you're super, super worried. You know, A.J. Brown is still a terrific player. I, I, I know he's battling some stuff. They've got some linemen battling some issues, but I think they're going to be okay. Uh, so any advantage you can get. I mean, it, it's I, I, I think it's fair to say this is not a great matchup for the Browns in their current state or really any state. Uh, but the, th- the only good news is the Titans' defense isn't a good matchup for the Browns either. Yes, and I, but I'll go with this, though. I mean, look, th- this offensive line – no longer has Jack Conklin. So maybe there's another checker to the Brown side. You're not Taylor Lewan's not going to play. They're on their third left tackle. Um, I, look, I don't know if, you know, we're getting, you know, 100% of Miles Garrett. And you got to think in some capacity, they're probably going to limit the reps somehow, some way, because there's truly no way you can say, all right, practice, but it's going to be a whole different ball game when you know, we're actually, you know, kicking this thing off on Sunday. So you'll see that, but I, I just, it, the, the way this offensive line is currently structured Pete for the Tennessee Titans. Um, and this could be an advantage. It could not be an advantage because obviously you know, the first thing they want to do is get Derrick Henry going. But if you can find a way where, you know, you're going to force Tennessee into some situations where they're going to have to throw the ball, you know, with Olivier Vernon, you know, back healthy, playing well, Adrian Claiborne as well, and you can maybe get him back to a little bit more in a limited capacity of his reps as well. There should be some opportunities here that, you know, even though you are certainly undermanned within the secondary, that maybe the defensive line can, you know, aid once again, maybe. And of course, if you can get Miles, and I hate to do this because we did this for like three or four weeks, if Miles can get you a play, and he did. Um, but you know, if miles can get you, you know, the, uh, you know, basically, you know, the three pointer, the sack force fumble and somebody finds a way to jump on that sucker. It'd be really, really nice to have this week. Well, maybe a game where he has to do essentially what he did against the Houston Texans and, you know, make a big run stop. It's just, it, it could be that type of game. Dennis Kelly is a pretty good tackle. Uh, when they let Jack Conklin go, he he sort of inherited the job. He's fine. David Quisenberry is going to have a tough time on the other side. Even though they drafted somebody in the first round to play, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, the, one of the weirder situations in the NFL is with your boy, if I if, if memory well, serves. Look, this is where it gets difficult. You never know character. You had no idea the guy kid was an absolute knucklehead. I mean, he's what, he uh, got a DUI. Um, broke COVID rules like the second week of camp and I, you know, illness now quote unquote. And apparently the only snaps he took last week were in victory formation. So you got that. 
so your boy is 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 probably going to be inactive <laughs> again. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, the, the, and the thing is, like that seemed like the the dream pick for that team for what they do. He's just a road grading, uh, just three hundred sixty pounds of muscle. Uh, they can just move dudes off the ball. Which Once played wildcat quarterback in high school, for God's sakes. <laughs> so he, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, they're they're going to be wounded at that position. So I expect Miles Garrett. One, this is one of those where I don't I, I don't think they've actually commented on snap counts for him. This feels like one of those games where even they're like, yeah, we're going to try to you know give maybe 50% of the reps. And then, you you know, at the end of the uh, game, you're looking at, it's like 92%. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, hopefully the defensive end position can really step up. I mean, if those guys carry over from what they've been doing and he plays, Miles Garrett plays like, you know, just normal Miles Garrett game, they're in a really good situation for that. Uh, big game for the defensive tackles. They're going to be the key for the run game. First and foremost, that's where they, they get their stops really is, if they can just make a guy, you know, bubble or at least alter his course and they can swarm him at that so point. So you're saying Jordan Elliott might play more than Larry Ogunjobi is what you're saying, aren't you? Theoretically, he could. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It would make sense. Well, let's put it this way. I, I still think Larry Ogunjobi is more suited to play a three than a one, but I think if you're in a rush situation, he's good as, as a one. So, But, yeah, I mean, you could see Jordan Elliott. He only plays about like 30% of snaps in a general game. Maybe this is one where he – he plays more, but you know, if you can avoid Derrick Henry getting that, getting the, uh, the the head of steam going, then you've got a much better chance to to at least contain him. But if he's if he's going full bore at the second level, you're screwed. And you know, especially against the the, the way the Browns are playing, so that's that's really a tough situation for them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, and we'll get to this in the third segment about you know this matchup. Um, it, it, it's a difficult one. It's going to be a tall task. And the thing you need to do is, you know, basically you need to get Derrick Henry in his first couple of steps being left to right, right to left, not north and south. Because if he's got a clear path and just crosses the line of scrimmage, you're talking four, five, six, seven yards. Because even if you do get, even if first guy gets him and gets wrapped and finds a way to get him to the ground, you're talking a six, seven yard game just because he's not easy to bring down, falls forward. And at six foot two, there's another two yards added on anything else. We're going to continue. We're going to flip it up here, get to the offensive side of the ball here. What we think the Browns need to do to find a way to pull this one out on Sunday in Nashville. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your pregame locked on Browns. Christmas season, you're looking for gifts for your favorite Browns fans, your favorite Cleveland sports fans, guys, Zabo Apparel. First things first, you can do it online through ZaboApparel.com. You can go to the store in Vermilion, check them out, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Brian and his family truly passionate about their craft. Uh, they work really hard at it. They put out a quality product. And it's you know, with the fact that Brian is a former military man, a former a veteran, two kids actively serving. Uh, there's not anybody I like to assist through this time of the year as a small business, you know, trying to make some extra money, help feed his family. ZaboApparel.com. Again, Twitter, Instagram, Zabo Apparel. Now to the bad news of today, Mr. P. Smith. Um, 
and look, yes, whether or not he only has nine receptions and this whole thing about where he may have said something that was bulletin board material. He said, I'm just not sure that the Tennessee Titans are a super team. And in the NFL, anybody's capable of losing to anybody. And I look at the Titans record and they lost to the Bengals. So, I mean, that whole nonsense is trying to find bulletin board material. Yes, anybody in the NFL can lose to anybody. We see it every week. There's always a game where we go, wow, what happened there? But with that being said, uh, Kadero Hodge will not play Sunday. The hamstring getting cranky again. Started to get involved more, Pete, last week in the passing game. By far the best run blocking wide receiver on this team. You're probably going to look now at Donovan Peoples-Jones as the Browns, as of right now, will only have three wide receivers Sunday. I'm assuming Sunday's going to come up from the practice. Somebody's going to come up from the practice squad. Could it be Jamar Bradley? Could it be old Browns legend Derek Willies? I'm not sure. But this was the yang to the yin, Pete, of you know, good news, bad news today for the Cleveland Browns. Well, it's it's unfortunate from the from the standpoint that Kerry Hodge has been playing well lately. It's more concerning from the standpoint this is his second issue this year with a hamstring. Uh, he had uh, something happened, pull or something with his hamstring. Obviously, something happened in practice at some point. Yeah, and this is weird now because neither of this has been game circumstances. He got hurt right before kickoff. He got hurt in pregame warmups versus Dallas, and obviously this was a practice injury. Some point at this point this week. Just a tough blow. Yeah, he missed four games uh, with the first one and then came back after the bye week. Um, so, you know, who knows if it's going to be four more games or, or whatever, that that would sting quite a bit and obviously raise some concerns about, you know, is this going to be a thing with him where every so often he's going to miss time with hamstrings. It still wouldn't stop me from extending him, but it's just something that you keep in the back of your mind. Um, I think from a skill set standpoint, Derek Willies makes far more sense. Uh, Baker Mayfield knows him. He knows the Browns, but he's been here like two weeks. I don't know how much of the offense he knows. <laughs> I don't know how much of the offense he needs to know uh, to really fill in. And and if the Browns are more comfortable with Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe they just put him out there in that role. Uh, Jamarcus Look, Bradley. He's had some limited success, and he's shown the willingness to want to run block. And now he is no longer a return man as much as he is the personal protector for the kickoff return man. I mean, you got to think even whoever dresses out of these other two, it, it, it might just be for emergency purposes only. Well, I mean, if they've got, you know, packages or something they want to run for a specific thing, then, uh, you know, I could totally see a situation where they want to get the ball to, you know, somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones, if he knows his thing, knows his stuff or whatever. But uh, Jamarcus Bradley – He's been around the whole year. He should obviously know the offense. My only concern with him is he's really similar to Richard Higgins and Jarvis Landry in terms of how he wins and what he does. Now, that doesn't mean that he's bad or wouldn't be successful. It's just, you know, the Browns really like to mix up skill sets, uh, and that's why Richard Higgins wasn't playing earlier in the year when they had Hodge and other guys out there. So, you know, that's tough. Uh, Personally, you know, if I would like, like Peoples Jones to get that opportunity because he does the things that Kadero Hodge could succeed at. He's a real, he's he's a willing run blocker, and he's got you know he's got more size than Hodge, and he's got explosive ability. So if he can, uh, you know, make some plays in that capacity, it'd be great. Obviously, the difference with Hodge is Hodge 
catches the ball really well and he knows how to come back to the quarterback, uh, make himself open, and he just catches everything. He catches in traffic. He does all that stuff. So that, that sucks from that standpoint. Uh, you know, getting away from the receiver position, I think hopefully that means more tight end stuff and hopefully that means more Kareem Hunt as sort of a spacing option because they're sort of out of guys who can really do that. So Hunt may need to step up. That might be able to create some favorable matchups in that capacity. And with Tennessee, um, they lost their, you know, their favorite nickel and dime linebacker and Jalen Brown, uh, you know, for the season. Um, tremendous acquisition in Desmond King. And again, that's one where you just, you know, I mean, you, you can't fault the front office, but it's like, wow, that would have been a really, really nice get. Um, but it's allowed them in nickel and dime situations to have Kenny Vaccaro start moving up. And Pete and I have talked about this. We talked about it years ago with Jabril Peppers. You know, uh, in those situations, it's why not try to start moving guys up who are faster in space. The Titans are now doing this. And exactly to your point, Pete, um, look, we've talked about these tight ends. And there needs to be that breakout game. Look, it's fantastic that Austin Hooper is strong in the run game and blocks well. I think for the money he's being paid, we all expected more than, you know, a season high of, I think it was 60 yards receiving to this point. Um, and maybe it's also a plus sign with Jarvis Landry has practiced all week long fully, which I don't believe has happened at all this season. Um, but look, you get into this situation and it's been, <clears throat> and not really with Kaderil Hodge, you're going to say next man up, but look, this roster and why we are such a fan of the work that Andrew Barry has done in such a short amount of time is you don't feel as, you know, deflated when it's next man up as we did the past couple of seasons. Look, Rashard Higgins has had success in the NFL. We know Jarvis has had success in the NFL. Jarvis, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones has had a taste. Kareem doesn't just need to be, you know, the guy who comes in for four or five rep, reps when Nick Chubb, you know, needs a blow. You can use him in other ways. Obviously, you're deep at the tight end position. And this puts Baker, maybe Pete, even more of a position to get back to what we fell in love with in 2018, where is the painter using the palette? If you're open, heads up, kid, it's coming your way. Yeah, uh, I, you know, the difference between 2018 and now is just the varied amount of guys that could do different things. And that's the only thing that makes Kadero Hodge disappointing is, which is sad. To say that a guy with nine catches is the group, the widest catch radius, he blocked like an SOB. It's just the spacing thing is the biggest difference. It's just like you go back to some of those games where he was hurt, and it just felt like the defense was right in right in Baker's face the whole time because they didn't have to go anywhere. Uh, I'm hoping that the Browns can can alleviate that, but that's that's where it becomes disappointing, and the Browns just don't have much in that capacity. It's something they're going to have to address. Mm in the coming off season, but they, for the moment, they have to figure that out. I mean, Njoku is a guy who can theoretically do that. They haven't really used him much lately other than blocking, uh, which he's done a nice job with. Uh, he, took, but, uh, he was like the blind side. He took that dude to these seats on Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've just got to find creative opportunities and, and it may be at some point that they need to, you know, get nuts and throw like a running back wheel to Nick Chubb or something down the field. I don't know. They they need to come something up with that, some way. There's gotta um, you've gotta go with something that I mean, when you're starting to play these teams that are much more established, it's time to hey coach, we need to see 
page 27, page 28, page 29 of the playbook. Show us something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it, I just – we're going to get into a situation like this week where the Browns may need to put up a lot of points. So, you know, if that's the case, then, you're, you, you know, it, it may uh, involve coming up with something. I mean, they've done some sort of – some some trick plays, some not really trick plays, but people think they're trick plays. Over the course of the season, they may, they may you know, get into that a little bit. I, I don't think, you know, I, I, you know, Chubb going on a wheel down the field is really a, a trick play, but it's just something they haven't done yet. So, I mean, there's just opportunities for them to, to try to explore some of these different things. Uh, and if they are confident in it, then, then maybe they can, you know, get, get a quick score at some point uh, in, in a game or a couple games where they may need uh, to put up a lot of points. Uh, now with this uh, Tennessee Titans defensive line, um, obviously Harold Landry, Pete, you and I, we, we still probably times where both of us wake up with a nightmare over, you know, the selection of Austin Corbett over a player of, you know, Harold Landry skill set. You're not going to have Jadavian Clowney. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, you guys know Pete and I's stances, things of this, but it was never denying the fact that the guy was just a ridiculous player. So, you know, where Landry lines up, where Simmons lines up. These are two focal points. And yes, as fantastic as the offensive line has been to this point, the, these are, you know, once again, hey, guys, it, this is now you're going against players that are of your own ilk and certainly players that could ruin a day if you don't get the best of them. Well, Jeffrey Simmons is an impact player. He's very, very good. He's a problem with that nose. He can do a lot of damage. Uh, Harold Landry. He's got it all. Yeah, Harold Landry's a good player. Uh, they don't really have a whole lot else. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, if, I think if the Browns can do a good oh, job, I mean, they're paying Vic Beasley nine and a half million to be on somebody's practice squad for God's sakes. I, I mean, the the only thing is they're a little bit different than some of the teams the Browns have been playing lately. They're you know they've got they're they're going to use a little bit more uh, space and stand up rushers. Uh, but other than that, I mean, if they can do a good job with uh, with with the nose, if they can get some push off that, or at least you know get him out of the way, then I think they'll be fine running the ball. Uh, but that's you know obviously easier said than done. Nevertheless, that's that's sort of the key to this whole thing. He if you can get him out of the way, they don't have much behind him, uh, and they can create a lot of uh, yardage in the run game and potentially some off the play action. Oh yeah, definitely getting uh, definitely getting excited, and you know this is going to be a big time matchup. We're going to get to, uh, you know, confidence level, confidence meter here. And what is, uh, look, it's a big one. Uh, there's just no way around that. We're going to get to some final thoughts here. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated, uh, Sports Illustrated, joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, on your pregame, Locked On Browns. If you were not following Browns Digest on Twitter, now would be a great time to do that. Uh, sports uh, through SI.com. Make sure you're checking everything out from Browns Digest. For Locked on Browns, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, leave that five-star rating, leave those written reviews. Now is the best time to get all of that taken care of. Pete, it's a big one. There's no way around this. Um, you, you got five games left. Three of them are tough matchups. We still don't know what week 17 will bring, but it is a tough matchup, obviously. You have 
the I would say I would call it the New York cupcake part of this. Um, but there's just so many things here. Um, you know, like I look at the running attacks for both teams, and I know everybody's been talking about this all week. It could really turn out that neither rushing attack matters because either A, they could cancel each other out, or B, these quarterbacks either make one of them makes enough plays to be a difference or one of them makes some negative plays to be a difference. Where's the confidence level at this point right now, Pete? Because this is a big one. I'm looking forward to it. And it still kicks me that this is a one o'clock start on Sunday. Um, Not high. I, I certainly think that the Browns can win this game. I think, you know, that th- they have shown a lot of growth, particularly on the offensive side of the ball the last few weeks. The defense has shown flashes of confidence. I, I don't feel good about uh, this being on the road. I don't feel particularly good about who we have trying to tackle Derrick Henry right now. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I tend to favor the Titans this week. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that that they'll sort of put together everything they've been doing on the offensive side of the ball and really make the Titans uh, you know, struggle and, and punish them for it, creating some big explosive plays. My concern is that the Titans right now have more means to create explosive offense and more reason to be successful in that capacity than the Browns do right now. And that ultimately that uh, the Titans are able to score more uh, and outlast the Browns, at least offensively. I, I, I could agree more. And th- this is a tough one. And, you know, I, I, usually, guys, and I tell you, as the weeks go on, as the week goes on, I, I, I seem to get more and more confident. Um, and it's not that I don't think they can pull this off. Um, but, you know, everybody's got a puncher's chance. But up until this point, you know, with these matchups, that with teams that were, you know, you know, for the last couple of years, higher in the pecking order, higher in the food chain than the Browns, but hey, look, anything can happen. Um, and we'll do this part. Um, Pete, I think I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer here. If the Browns win on Sunday, it will be because it will be because of so and so on offense, and it will be because of so and so on defense. Um I'll say offensively, it'll be Baker Mayfield. Uh, And it doesn't mean that he has to go off and have like 300 yards. He has to make the plays that are there, which he's largely 21, 27, 190, two touchdowns is fine. It'd be more than fine. Um, I also am curious to see if the Browns try to control the clock a little bit in this game and try to take a little bit of air out of the football. But uh, look, I mean, the key with so many of these games is protect the football, avoid turnovers. And Baker Mayfield's done that and been very effective throwing the ball. So, I mean, this is sort of where, you know, the, the past, what, like month, five weeks, six weeks have been sort of working towards this type of defense. They're not. So, I mean, it's an opportunity for him to have a good game. Uh, it, but I think he, it, they can't get nothing out of that position or, or have like sort of a, a mediocre performance. He's got to be consistent uh, defensively um, for this one. I'll say Sheldon Richardson. I think, Oh man, read my mind. Go ahead. The, the defensive tackle position is just so critical to what this team does with their run defense. They just don't 
have much in terms of guys who are just going to lay the wood and win the hole. So if they can win up front and they can, you know, close gaps and force Derrick Henry to cut, turn anything, then they're going to be more successful. If, if they, if they have trouble with that, you know, then Derrick Henry gets, you know, just chunks and potentially breaks a big one. Uh, the fourth quarter, the, the defense is this, the Browns defense has gotten to watch the offensive line, these tight ends, receivers block and just sap the will out of opponents while Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just close the deal. They haven't had to do that and deal with it. This is the week where they potentially do. And I don't think they are ready for it. I, I think they may get shut down in that capacity, but if they don't, it's because Sheldon Richardson in particular, but Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Jordan Elliott, those guys do a great job on the inside to try to limit Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, for me, I'm going to go offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the tight end position. Um, look, uh, if Tennessee is going a little bit small here in nickel and dime position, and they're going to be a position where the Browns, where they're going to have to maybe play. It's not that they don't like playing their tight ends more. This is a situation where they're going to be forced to play a lot of their tight ends. Um, I want this game, Pete. I, I've been screaming about it for damn four months now. I want this 10 to 15 reception week, 150 yards. Um, they have a lot invested in this position. They obviously want a lot of return from this position. Uh, defensive side of the ball, I, I agree with Sheldon Richardson. I agree also when I brought it up earlier uh, with Jordan Elliott. Um, this is going to have to be where Derrick Henry – and look, you're not going to eliminate it on every one of his carries, but it's got to be where maybe the initial hole isn't there. And this is where he's a little bit different than Nick Chubb, and he's different than Kareem Hunt. He just doesn't have the lateral quickness that these guys do. Um, if you can make the – for anybody who – you know the all the right moves, um, and maybe one day you know Pete will get to see that movie – Six two stack monster. Just make it a mess when he gets closer to the line of scrimmage, where he's got to go left or right. He doesn't really push a pile as much as you know he gets into open space and just freaking leans on people and can drag them. Um, but if it's going to get to the point and it starts early, where you know he's just got open holes and he starts gashing you, that's just going to go on for a period of sixty minutes or four quarters, and you know guys eventually start tapping out and I'll be honest, I can't fault anybody. Um, you do not want to be in a position where you got, you're getting run over by six foot two, two fifty. Um, but it's, 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 it's a tall task. It is. Um, I think the, t the Titans offensive line isn't as good as it has been. That's something to look forward to, but this is before we talk about AJ Brown. We talk about Corey Davis uh, they get Adam Humphreys back this week, who's a little one of those Cole Beasley, pain in the butt type of guys. Uh, if they get the opportunity that they need him, then there's the you be careful because Ryan Tannehill's got some decent legs, and at any given point, you know he can bust you off for 15, 16 yards, and all of a sudden you know kind of break your back on the drive with that instance. But Pete, God forbid, and say this happens, and I'm not sure Cleveland media is ready for this. I'm not sure national NFL media is ready for this. What happens if about 4.05 on Sunday, Cleveland Browns are, <clears throat> excuse me, let me clear my throat before I actually maybe say this. There's a good, look, it's a 50-50 shot. The Cleveland Browns could be 9-3 and three come 4 o'clock on Sunday. Well, I mean, they would 
if you know they would obviously be in the driver's seat to make the playoffs at that point um you know they would have another sort of pelt uh at this point they would have swept the the AFC South which would be you know they're looking really good on that front they may beat both both divisions they play um wholesale so i mean you know are they going to suddenly get respect no um i think if you have questions about Baker Mayfield, you're going to have questions about Baker Mayfield unless he has some breakthrough great performance. Even unless when he's, he's hosting Lombardi, these people just hate him and they're going to rip him until forever. That's just the way it's going to be. Well, I mean, you know, you 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 watch guys like Patrick Mahomes and and Aaron Rodgers and and Deshaun Watson. Some of these guys are putting up just gaudy numbers, and Baker Mayfield just doesn't. They don't ask him to. They're not really built for it at this point. He can play good, efficient football, make incredible throws. And the thing that usually gets the headline is some missed, you know, obviously a wide open missed pass this week, although Ben Roethlisberger completely missed the same route, just didn't throw it to him, just missed it entirely. And it's not something that gets harped on, which is whatever. I, you know, I, I keep saying this. I don't really care if they suddenly – have a come to Jesus moment that the Browns are pretty good. They, they, they are not an elite football team. They're sort of in this second tier with a lot of other teams. They can beat any of them. They can lose to any of them. Uh, if they win, then they're that much closer to, to getting to the postseason, And then they suddenly look like they have a lot of momentum going, going into a game that they, they have to want very badly in the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, and I look at a team like the Raiders where they are significantly undermanned and Adam Gase might just be foolish enough to maybe take advantage of this and win this game Sunday versus the Raiders. Uh, guys, it's been a great week. Um, gave you an extra episode this week. You know, We'll see if we continue you know, with this pace. Um, but like I said, with the pregame shows, it just seems disingenuous to do these things on Thursday night right now. Because so much in the NFL is, look, it's always changing. But 2020 is like a hell of a crazy changing moment to moment. So we just want to get you guys the best and most accurate information for Pete and I to give you our thoughts here on pregame shows. Um, so with that, you know, we'll be here Sunday. We'll give you the best information and accurate coverage we can of what is going to be a big one down in Nashville between the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns with the possibility of nine and three on the table for your Brownies. Make sure you're following Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore Browns Digest through SI.com. Pete and his team are just putting out a phenomenal effort day in, day out, week in, week out, covering this team and enjoying it. Because look, uh, you know, even though we get into some Dorsey talk and you know, da, 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 the past, talking about winning football. It's fun. There's just no way around it. And content-wise and creating it just keeps the juices flowing. No question about it. Locked on Browns. Uh, follow back account on Twitter. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Again, make sure you're subscribed, iTunes, and Spotify. And this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.